This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Now here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hey, great to be with you. And Bridget, once a year, once a year, we get to do what is probably one of my favorite programs. And it has to do with young people in the area and right to life of Indianapolis. And I'm not sure if you've been involved with this before or not, but once a year, right to life challenges students to write essays. And I guess you've been kind of coordinating things with Mary down at Right to Life. Yep. And uh, has she told you a little bit about the essay contest, what they're up to and things like that? Well, basically, um, each, there's different categories. There's seventh grade, there's eighth grade, there's the ninth and tenth grade category, and the 11th and 12th grade category. And they say why they're pro-life. Okay. And um, so we're going to be hearing from them here just shortly. Very shortly. Each of those winners is going to uh, read their essays right on this program right here today, and you're going to get to hear them. And from doing this in the past, I'm absolutely sure that uh, you'll be surprised and amazed at how much thought and feeling that uh, these students have put in the work that they do. So we're going to be taking phone calls here now from four area students, and they are the winners of the uh, Right to Life essay contest of Right to Life of Indianapolis. And we'll get going with our first call in just a moment. We have our first essay winner on the line right now. And uh, Drew, go ahead and uh, give us your, your, your name, what school you go to, and your grade and everything like that. My name is Drew Gleiser, and um, I'm homeschooled, and I'm eighth grade. All right. And, and is this the first time you've entered an essay contest like this? Uh, no, I've done it once before. Oh, okay. And um, what sort of research did you do? How did you come up with the ideas that you included in your essay? Well, um, I kind of just answered the questions. I didn't do a lot of research okay um, yeah all right very good do you have a, what about brothers and sisters do you have any of those um i have two sisters and i'm in the middle <laughs> okay <laughs> so you gotta you gotta you know you gotta keep yourself going there with one on each end right <laughs> <laughs> yes okay uh how long did it take you to write your essay um i'd say about a month Oh, okay. So you you put some serious thought and some work into it then. I got to I got to ask you Drew, was was this a homework assignment as well for one of your classes? <laughs> I just have to ask. Yes, it was. Well, good. Well, that's good. That's good. Was it was it an English class or religion class at home? It was an English class. All right. English class. Okay. So are you all ready to uh, share it with us? Okay, we'll go ahead and uh, just take a a nice deep breath and then go ahead and and read it for us, if you would. Okay. Our 40th president, Ronald Reagan, once said, I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. Why choose abortion since it is the killing of young, innocent lives? Abortionists see it as though having a more comfortable, easy life if one does not want a baby. But they are killing many, many lives and saying it is right and fine. Abortion is wrong and should be illegal because it is murder. And yet many people still go through with it just to make their lives better. 
Abortion is wrong because it wipes out generations and opens the door for man to try to take God's place. But abortion can be greatly minimized when I volunteer my time to work with the pro-life organizations in the future and when society raises awareness for the unborn. Out of the unborn, the disabled, or the elderly, the unborn is the most important to me. First, because it wipes out generation after generation. A great example would be my mom, who is adopted. If her biological mother had chosen abortion, I would not be here writing this essay. How many creative, kind, generous, skilled, intelligent human lives are not here because their lives were not valued? Another reason would be because abortion opened the door for man to choose who should live and who should die. God is the giver and taker of life, not man. We need to value human life because God values life. What can I do right now or in the future? I can raise awareness. I can either join an event or now, now or start my own event in the future. In a few years, I can vote for pro-life candidates. I can also volunteer my time at different pro-life organizations and pregnancy centers. Another way for me to help is I can pray to God for him to stop abortion. What I can do in the future is what pro-life society can do right now. Raising awareness for the unborn can be done by events such as marches, marathons, auctions, banquets, and through social media. These organizations need people because none of these events can happen without the people. We play a big role in helping to stop abortion. That is why we need to act now instead of later down the road. Abortion is going to slowly minimize in number if society raises awareness and I volunteer at a pro-life organization in the future. If we continue to act against abortion, then it will be a smaller number of abortions each year. If only a few people act now, then, a more, then abortion will just grow more and more. If abortion is not altered, then suicide and mercy killing will be more popular because abortion leads to things like that. Abortion is wrong because it wipes out generations, but it can be greatly minimized in number when I volunteer my time at pro-life organizations in the future and when society raises awareness for the unborn. Wow. Very we good. Want, we, want, we want to clap over <laughs> here, right? That was, that was wonderful, Drew. Oh, there's people in their cars clapping all over town. That's right. And not, not only can you write, but you can, you can talk, too. So yeah. that's, that's really good. Very good public speaking there. You did a very, very good job with that. We, uh, have you given any thought to uh, future? I mean, people are always asking, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I know you're way grown up now, but uh, given any thought to where you'd like to see your life go? Um, so I love baseball really much, and uh, I would love to see myself be in the major leagues later on in life. Okay. Do you play sports now at your age? I do, yes. Okay. I got to ask you one last thing uh, before we go. Um, were you surprised when you found out that you were selected as one of the essay winners for this? Um, yes, I was actually surprised. <laughs> All right. I well, didn't think I would go very far. <laughs> okay. Well, you did an excellent job with it, and we want to thank you very much for uh, sharing that with our listeners. And we're going to uh, move on now to our next caller, and uh, we'll be hearing another winning essay in just a moment. Well, our, our next guest today is John Green. He is um, an eighth grader, and he is also a winner of the Right to Life of Indianapolis Pro-Life Essay Contest. So, John, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe a little bit about your family, where you go to school, and maybe if you play any sports or hobbies. Um, I am homeschooled. 
I I'm in I'm the second youngest and I'm I run for a hobby and sport. Okay. Very good. And uh you you're the winner for the eighth grade class here of the Right to Life of Indianapolis essay. Is this the first time you've entered this contest? I en- I entered it last year and I think I got I got third place. This time I got first. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> so now I, I asked um when I talked to Drew, one of the other winners, I asked him if it was a homework project. And I, if you're homeschool, I do like to ask that. It w- did did your mom or dad, like, kind of couple it up as a homework project and, and a contest? Well, they encouraged me to do it. And the first time I, I, I did, I did pretty well. Uh-huh. And I decided to do it again. Okay. Very All good. Right. One thing I always like to ask homeschool teachers is, do you like your teacher? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Some days more than others, right? <laughs> okay. you, you don't have to answer that question. Uh, no, we're, we know you do. We know you do. We know you yeah. do. Okay, uh, John, just uh, take a deep breath, if you would, and just kind of relax and, and go ahead and, and read that essay for us, if you would. My essay is called, Why Am I Pro-Life? The three most important principles in our nation are the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life is first because it is the most important. I will explain why I am pro-life, how my pro-life views came to be, and how I support the pro-life cause here. We are all here because our parents chose life. The most absurd thing about abortion is that the parents of those who support abortion chose life. You would think they would acknowledge their parents for accepting life and therefore be against abortion rather than support it. I support life because I am alive to tell about how my parents chose life. I want others to realize that those most vulnerable are alive and they truly matter. It is not only the unborn that are in danger, but those who have disabilities or are very old. Being pro-life means standing up to those who support abortion and euthanasia. It means praying at abortion mills for the sake of saving the defenseless from those who don't care. It means changing hearts of those who are blinded by the scourge of abortion. It means standing up for the elderly and those with disabilities. Their lives matter, and we should defend them. They have just as much dignity as we do. In my family, we were all brought up to understand the evil of abortion. I also never became pro-life. I always was. Ever since I can remember, my parents would take me and my siblings on Sunday during the 40 Days for Life campaign to Planned Parenthood, to pray for an end to abortion and for the conversion of its workers. We have always been a part of the Embrace Life Ministry at St. Alphonsus Liguori Catholic Church. My family also has helped to run the Nine Days for Life program at our church, which defends life in our local community. This is not a protest with violence, but with an understanding heart. Sidewalk counseling can change many hearts of those who have been brought up with an indoctrinated view that abortion helps, not hurts. Most women, not knowing what we are doing praying at the abortion mill, are told we are protesting their rights. They need to know the truth about how we are spiritually helping them. Many are faced with defending life at their schools or workplaces. Being homeschooled, I do not have to deal with defending life in my house, which is a blessing. In our lives, however, we will be challenged in our faith, what we believe and what we know is true. We should then not be faint-hearted, 
but trust that we will be given words of defense, words of wisdom, words that will change hearts, and words of life. We need to pray that hearts will be changed, that our religious and executive leaders will make pro-life decisions, and we, must, we need to trust that in the end, no matter what happens, no matter how we help the pro-life cause, we, mu- we must trust because God will win out in the end. Wow. That's really inspiring. You know, Jim and I are just listening here, and I'm, I'm sure all of, our, in, all of our listeners are really inspired by someone at, as, son, as young as you can bring forth this wonderful <laughs> testimony. Yeah, very good, John. I noticed now you're in eighth grade. Are you going to be homeschooling for high school as well? Currently, I am a freshman. Okay, so uh, you will be uh, homeschooling for high school. Any plans yes. for where you might be thinking about going on to college if you are? Um, I know it is a little early, but I am thinking military. Okay. All right. Well, best of luck in whatever you uh, decide to do there. John, you did a great job with the essay. and want to thank you very much for uh, sharing it with our listeners today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Alexa, what's the weather forecast for today? Alexa, what time is the Colts game today? Alexa, remind me to pick up the dry cleaning tomorrow. Has Alexa become a part of your daily routine? Then make sure that routine includes Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Quick, easy access to Catholic programming 24-7. Just say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. An interview with Father Trenton Rauch and his story on how Catholic Radio influenced his vocation. I was not struck uh, by lightning and knocked off my horse. I had a lot of time driving in the car listening to the radio, and I just got to a point where I would prefer to listen to something that would be intellectually stimulating. And um, at the same time, I was learning about the faith, particularly the apologetics. Catholic Radio, building faith, building vocations. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy. All right, we have our next guest, our next... next (laughs) No, actually, uh, we just heard from John Green, and now we're going to hear from Mary Rose Green, who just happens to be, I think, John's sister. Is that right, Mary Rose? Yes. One of the evil sisters that... uh, (laughs) He did did not say that. No, he didn't. He, uh, (laughs) He said he had two very nice sisters, as a matter of fact. So, so Mary Rose, tell us a little bit about your family, the school that you attend, and if you have any hobbies or aspirations in life. And I, ga- sure. I, gave you, I gave you a big, big, long question there. Okay, I'll try to cover everything. Um, yeah, my name is Mary Rose, and I am one of four children. I'm the second oldest, a junior in high school, and I go to, well, Mother Divine Grace, but it's a curriculum that we do at home, so basically homeschooled. Um, and I like to... Let's see, I have a lot of hobbies. I'm kind of a jack of all trades and master of none, but um, I like to read, and um, I really like photography, but I don't have a camera, so that's kind of difficult. Hopefully I'm going to get one for Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my parents are going to be listening to this, right? <laughs> so maybe they'll get that hint. Um, and um, I like art just in general. Um, I play the piano. Um, I kind of fill it around with the violin and then the ukulele. Wow. And, Yep. Well, you have uh, spent some time and some effort putting together an essay, and the uh, folks over at Indianapolis Right to Life read yours along with a whole bunch of other essays and determined that, gee, yours was the very best. So if you would, uh, go ahead and read your essay for us. Of course. 
My essay is called Deceptions That Devalue Human Life. Human, defined by the Oxford Dictionary, is, quote, a human being, especially a person, as distinguished from an animal, unquote. It also defines life to be, quote, living things and their activity, unquote. What makes the meaning of these two words valuable? How about the thought that all life is a gift from God, even those that are too tiny, too old, too disfigured, or not normal enough, are all a prized possession of God the Father. Isaiah 44.2 declares, quote, I am your creator, you were in my care even before you were born, unquote. All human life should be valued from conception to natural death. The sad reality is life is not always valued by everyone. Why? Many people are not raised in an environment that values life, or they grow up hearing the truth but deny it, or they believe their life is miserable and the rest of humanity is the same way. But one issue that should gain the most attention is the culture. Today's culture is filled with lies about human life, such as movies and TV shows. Are they leading our thoughts to God? Also, clothing is a slogan on our shirt presenting other good thoughts. Music is a message of the music we are listening to wholesome and electronics. How often are we on our electronics? The culture is leading us to think that we can be controlled by what we hear, see, and watch. The messages of most things in our culture lead us to think poorly about people and the worth of our life. We as people, free people, can go against these lies. We can help those who suffer from these deceptions about life. The deceptions of the world have led some people to believe abortion and euthanasia are tolerable actions, as well as the mistreatment of the disabled. Abortion is the killing of an innocent human life. Many people don't understand that. The world we live in today tells people that a woman's body is her own and she can do whatever she wants with it. Another argument that is used to support abortion is it is not a baby, just tissue. If humanity, humanity believes these lies, the value of an unborn person reduces. The truth is, it is a person. Even if it is small, it is still growing. Remember, we define what life is. It is a living thing, and the tiny child is living. Euthanasia is another topic that has divide, divided our world. Many people believe euthanasia is morally right because they are helping those in great suffering. Why keep the person suffering when they are going to die? Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 states, quote, You shall not kill, unquote. Albert Schweitzer, a theologian, philosopher, and a mission doctor, said, quote, If a man loses his reverence for any part of life, he will lose his reverence for all life, unquote. Nobody should have the right to decide who should and who should not die. Only God can give and take when he wants. The disabled are people who have been given a cross to bear and are some of the most God-filled people. They never take anything for granted because they realize that they are blessed with living, even if their life is not comfortable. Sadly, they are sometimes treated as if they are not actual people, and they are looked down upon. If we do not value even those that can't talk properly, have lost a limb, or are handicapped in any other way, then how can we value ourselves? Life is pre precious in every way. Wow, Mary Rose, that's a beautiful, beautiful essay. I'm, I'm curious, how long did it take you to write this? I would say two to three days, mm -hmm. including editing. Sure. So, yeah. And what kind of research did you do? Where did you get some of the ideas that are included in there? Um, I actually just happened to run across 
um, the quote I got from um, this Albert Schweitzer, and mm-hmm. the other ones are just from the Bible, just looking up, you know, good, solid verses that definitely supports life. And, I mean, the whole Bible contains that, but the sure. ones that I picked are, you know, the... Very good, very good. Yeah. Well, you're in 10th uh, uh, grade now, is that right? I, I'm in 12, I'm, well, wow, I cannot talk. I'm in 11th grade, but yes. 11th grade. So do you have plans uh, beyond high school? Yes, I would like to attend college if I can get into one um, and uh, probably end up with a liberal arts, arts degree mm-hmm. and then go on from there and get an education degree. All right. Well, thank you very much for sharing your essay with us and our our listeners today. They, uh, I'm sure, will find it very, very inspiring. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we are up to our last student that has won an essay contest here. And our next guest is Emma Shutt. Mm -hmm. Like shut the door. (laughs) <laughs> yes, like shut the door. And um, now you were in the 11th and 12th grade category, but now you're in college. Is that right? Yes, I'm a freshman. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I, I actually have asked everybody this question. Now, was this an essay, a homework assignment? I didn't ask you, where where are you going to school? I guess before, when, you wrote, when you wrote this essay. So when I wrote this essay, I was going to a homeschool co-op, and every year our high school English teacher has us um, submit essays to the Right to Life of Indianapolis. Okay, okay. And um, and this, this was not your first time, or was this your first time that you entered the essay contest? No, I had entered the essay contest uh, all four years of high school. All right. Now, did you have to do a lot of research for this, or did you kind of have a passion for pro-life in general? Um, I've had a passion for pro-life in general, and the essay prompt this year uh, leaned heavily on creativity so and, like, basic knowledge of what you already know, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to do any research or very little. Well, probably without further ado, let's, let's hear your essay. All righty. Do you want me to read the title? Sure. Okay. Courage is a choice. Wow, friends, this is huge. Thank you for sharing about your pregnancy. During the next few months, people will give you numerous opinions. You have rights. Let nothing get in the way of your future. Questions probably crowd your mind. How will people perceive you? Should you keep the baby? What about your career? Pause for a moment. Take a breath. Let the fog clear. I want you to do two things. Be courageous in this situation and realize that you are not alone. Fear, an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. No one needs that definition. Each human being, from the time he was small, has experienced the mind-numbing drug. Chances are anxiety saturates you now. The uncharted surrounds you. Fear is actually not an evil thing. Healthy dread keeps you away from the edge of a cliff. Fear becomes destructive when it controls what you do. The danger arises when panic drowns out reason, wisdom, and truth. You especially need clarity now because decisions before you dwarf your screaming doubts. Fear is temporary. Regret is forever. What exactly is at stake? The future, yours and your child's. You could attain that perfect career, take the anticipated trip, or you could see those tiny feet that have been bumping inside your ribs. 
Give another being a chance to live, love, and learn like you have. Fear proclaims that these are the two exclusive choices. But what if it does not have to be just one or the other? What if a fulfilling life for you exists in harmony with the new life beginning inside you? Dream jobs still happen for those with children. Seeing the world with another sweetens the experience. You might discover that occupations and traveling dim after seeing your child's face for the first time. Sharing life enriches life. Yes, the choice you have made will transform your story, possibly even for the better. But you will need courage to find out. Courage, the ability to do something that frightens one. While you feel fear, courage is a choice. Courage is something you do. To continue this pregnancy takes daring. To undergo labor requires nerve. Keeping your baby or putting him up for adoption calls for bravery. You are courageous simply by weighing your choices and seeking out the right thing. Again, fear passes. Regret lives as long as you do. Choose what you will not regret. Does this feel too weighty to handle? Good news. Reinforcements are here. This journey is not a solo trip. You took the first step by telling someone about your pregnancy. I am thrilled to help you. While my assistance goes only so far as my limited knowledge, life centers and churches full of people wait to come alongside and offer assistance. Help lies a phone call, email, email, or click away. These centers offer counseling, medical and adoption information, and even needed maternity supplies. If you need someone to drive, let me know. Those wanting to help you greatly outnumber the uncertainties you face. Dear friends, you are surrounded by support. I beg you not to let fear decide. Choose courage. A little-known fact is that love and fear cannot exist at the same time. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Love the little life that is half yours. Whatever you decide, you will always be my friend. You are loved. Wow. Wow. Very, very nice. That is uh, certainly uh, an award-winning essay, and um, you can tell you put a lot of uh, thought into that. And I'm sure that somebody listening right now is going to be inspired by the message that uh, you delivered there. Well, I really hope so. <laughs> uh, real quickly, uh, you say you're going to college. What uh, are you thinking about beyond college then? Um, beyond college, honestly, I I don't know. I'll, <laughs> guess I'll see what the Lord has in store. Uh, my ultimate dream is to be a wife and a mother. Um, right now I'm majoring in communication because I feel like that's where the Lord is leading me right mm-hmm. now. So we'll see how it all plays out. All right. Well, thank you very much, Emma Shutt, for uh, sharing your award-winning essay with us. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, and that's all the time we have for Faith in Action today. I want to thank all of the uh, young people who shared their essay with us today. Hope you enjoyed listening to them. And uh, if you have students that you'd like to have participate in an essay contest like this, contact Right to Life of Indianapolis. You have been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a presentation of Catholic Radio Indy. You can hear this episode of Faith in Action again or any past episode at catholicradioindy.org. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future program, please call us at 317-870-8400 or email jim at Catholic 
radioindy.org.